thank you for those of you that are joining us online. Good morning from Believers Connection Church. Um, we're going to just go before the Lord in prayer and then go into worship. Whew, Father, you're a good, good God. Oh, we worship you, almighty God. And we just thank you and we praise you, Father, for who you are, Lord God. So good. So good. Thank you for the relationship, Lord God. Like we learned this morning that you desire to be in relationship with us. You desire, Lord God, to, to just commune with us father god this isn't one-sided lord god but it's 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 a relationship of enjoying each other and delighting in each other father god hallelujah father for just who you are thank you for being patient kind not boasting loving us father god you are worthy lord god we speak to those to you that sits on the throne lord god you are lifted high and unto the lamb almighty god thank you jesus Praise you, Lord. I just thank you, Father God, for what you're doing in our midst, Father God. For you are here. You are in the midst of us, Father God. Thank you for your presence, Father. We thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, Father God. We thank you that we can cast every care at your feet. We thank you, Lord God, that the altar is here, Lord God, that we can cast every care, every imagination, everything, Lord God, that may exalt itself against you, Lord God, and just lay it before you for you care for us, Father. Thank you, Father, for just being a holy and righteous God. Thank you for your presence, Father. Mm. Just praise you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you are just changing our mindsets you're letting us know, Father God, that you are for us, Lord, and you are not against us, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you would just break away everything that the enemy would try and do in our minds to make us think, Lord God, that you're sitting up trying to just zap us and get us, Father God, but that you, we know, Lord God, that you love us with an everlasting love, that you're for us, that you are our champion, that you push us on and you guide us, Lord God, with your hand, Lord God, and that you want what's best for us, Father God. That if an earthly father can give good gifts, your word says, how much more can the heavenly father give us the best eternal gifts, Father God? We thank you for eternity. We thank you for eternal life, Father God. We thank you for your son, Lord God, that was sent, Father God, as we celebrate this season that was sent, Father God, so that we could have eternal life, so that we could be reconnected to you, Father God. Thank you that he was the spotless lamb Jesus, thank you for being the spotless lamb of God, for taking our place, almighty God. Thank you, Lord, for being the perfect sacrifice, Lord God, that we've been made perfect because of your sacrifice, Father God, that we've been made perfect in God because of your sacrifice. We don't take that lightly and we thank you. We thank you for being the spotless lamb. We thank you, Father, for being the spotless lamb Oh, we give you glory and praise and honor, Lord God. Oh, you're majestic. You're so good. You're majestic. Mm. Thank you for the lamb. Thank you for the lamb. Thank you for the lamb. Thank you that for the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. You had a plan for us before the foundation of the world, Lord. 
you were slain before time. You knew, Lord God, what it is that you desired for us, what it is that you had in mind for us, and that was to be with you forever. But we thank you that we can praise you and worship you on this side of eternity, Lord God, because we know to worship you forever. We're going to cast our crowns like the four and 20 elders. We'll cast our crowns and say, holy, holy, holy is the lamb. Holy, holy, holy is the lamb. But we have an opportunity on this side, Father God, to say that. And we use, we choose this morning to say, holy, holy, holy is the lamb. Holy, holy, holy is the lamb. You are a way maker. You're a miracle worker. You're an awesome God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. We honor you today, Lord God. We don't dare come in here, Father God, and not give you the praise, not open our mouths and say you are good, that you are good and your mercy endures forever, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you, Father God. Hallelujah, Father God. I thank you, Father. Woo! Such a good God. Such a good God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Oh, God. Oh God, be exalted today. Be exalted in our praise. Be exalted in our worship, Lord God. Because you're do it, Lord God. Be exalted, Almighty God. Be exalted, be exalted, be exalted. We declare who you are, Lord God. And I just thank you as we go forth, Lord God. As we worship, as we praise you, Lord God. With the praise and the fruit of our lips, we will declare who you are. Thank you for delighting in us and for delighting in the praise and the worship of your people, Father God. We honor you and we praise you, Lord God, and it's to you we give glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. How many of you are excited about being in the house of God this morning? Come on, give God a hand clap because that's who he is. Come on, can you give a God a hand clap for that is who he is? He said, I am the I am. Come on, I am that I am, and that is who I am, which means because the I am have come in, now faith is all things, and we thank you for being overcomer God, and because you are, we can be also. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I want you to grab your Bibles, and I want you to go to Deuteronomy. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Go to Deuteronomy. Eight, and we're going to read quite a passage of scripture this morning. We're going to go through 11 through 18. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 18, or 19 actually, what we're going to read this morning. I know it sounds like a lot of scripture to read, but we in church, amen. Learn to love your script, the scriptures, amen. Learn to love to read the word. How many of you have been through college? You, you learn to love to read all those books, right? Come on, you just got one. You made, you made yourself learn to read it. You had to pass that test. <laughs> so let's build that, learn, that, that love to read again, amen? This morning, we are continuing on helping us to learn and establish understanding of acceleration. Okay, and this morning I want to help us to understand how to establish our priorities. Establish our priorities. 
I believe if you can understand how to prioritize your life properly, there is nothing that will limit you from what to access what God has for you. I'm going to say that again. I believe if we can learn how to establish our priorities properly, there should never be anything that could stop you from accessing all that God has for you. Can you say amen? Sometimes it's our priorities that puts us in positions to get the lesser of where we're supposed to be accessing the greater. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so we have to understand that God is looking at what you said as a priority. What you said as a priority, because your priorities prove what you trust. Amen. So we're going to learn how to establish divine priorities. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.11. And it reads, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Least when you have eaten all and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when your herds and your flock multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that has that you have is multiplied. Verse 14, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord, your God, who bought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the the great and terrible wilderness in which you were the excuse me in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land there were no water who brought you water for you are out of the uh flinty excuse me rock of flint excuse me the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do the good in the end. Let me make this a little larger, make sure I'm not skipping over. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, it is who? It is he who gives you the power to get well, it is he who gives you the what? To do what? Which means you ain't supposed to be broke. Uh-oh, I just broke every religious spirit in your bone. He gives you the power to get wealth. So nobody should never talk against wealth. I'm going to say that again. So nobody should talk against wealth. Because when you understand wealth, God said, I'm going to give my people the power to get it. Thank you. Glory to God. We got somebody of faith in here. Understand that. The power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day, which means the power to get wealth is an establishment due to the extension. Are y'all catching it? Then it shall be if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. You may be seated. 
Nonzo, I'm gonna stand still. I realized last week I was moving a lot and I didn't realize you were trying to kick up with me. <laughs> I'm gonna stand here as much as I can. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you want to establish God's covenant? Amen. How many you want to how many you want to really understand how to gauge and use that power that he said? I want you to come into some stuff that you establish a covenant I made with your forefathers. So we, we have to understand that God is for you. Somebody say that with me. God is for me. And he's trying to get something produced out of you. But for him to produce what he's trying to get out of you, we have to establish a couple of things. Are you catching me this morning? So I want you to understand, and we're talking about establishing your priorities. Okay? And for us to understand what we need to prioritize, you got to understand why. Amen. Now, I want you to understand something. Everything that you need is not too far from you. Right now, if I ask you, what are you looking for and where are you looking? Most of us are thinking we're waiting for the next uh, 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 10 steps or something to uh, uh, train us new information about something that we need to get to where we need to go. But how many of you know there is no new information? You have all the information that you need. See, I'm going to mess with y'all a little bit this morning. If you are saved, the Bible says you got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is of God. So if the Holy Spirit is within you, that means you have all things in you. It's, the Bible says the kingdom is with, which means all the answer that you need is with. The problem is we got to learn how to get it out. So if I don't understand that it was finished and everything that was finished is quarter, it's, it's already established in a person called the spirit of God. And that spirit lies within me, which is the overcomer. I have all things. The question is, why do I not have all things? By, although I have all things. <laughs> Y'all all right with that? I have all things, but I don't have all things. I have the Holy Spirit. I have God. I have the one who conquered all in me, yet I still don't see the manifestation. And so we have to realize that a lot of our issues, it's not because of necessarily we don't have the, uh, 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 the wherewithal the, or the person that has it all. The problem is what our priorities are and the awareness that we're keeping. Because you can have something, but you're not aware of what you have. You can't use what you don't know. You know, my, my son is good in basketball. He, he's second grade player on the third grade team, and I think he can play on the fourth grade team. And I'm always pushing him because it's not about the skill. It's about now about the mindset. Because what people don't realize about basketball, everybody has skill, but it's actually 60% of attitude. Which means you can have the skill, but if you don't have the attitude, you can do nothing with it. Which means boldness matters. 
knowing what you have the ability to do matters. Which means some of you might be living a lower gauge at your job. It's not that you don't have the skill, you don't have the attitude that to activate what you really have. Come on, somebody say, I have the mind of God. So don't act like you have something lesser. No, if I have the mind of God, I need to learn how to activate the mind of God, which means I have an attitude that I shouldn't be losing by the world. Uh, I'm trying to teach the church how to have a right attitude. Yeah. See, you keep giving up your seats because you don't realize you got the mind of God. Which means I have an attitude about being last. No, I didn't, I didn't come a Christian become last. I didn't come to Christian just to be behind people. I came, he said, listen to me, I'm going to learn to be the head and not the above and not be. Come on, somebody. I, I want to know what God was saying when he said I can be ahead. Come on, I don't want to be leading behind and, and thinking that's some kind of holy thing. No, it's not. I need to learn how to be the head of what he said I can be. So God is trying to establish some things in us, but we got to realize who he is so we can realize who we are. That's why it takes the knowledge of God that expresses the knowledge of who we are. You know yourself outside of the knowledge of God. How do you know yourself? That's why you should never think you're wise just because you're age. Because the reality of it is you don't know you outside of who he is. Glory to God. Don't get mad at me. Don't throw a stone at me. I'm, I'm, I still love you. How many of you are getting this so far? Get this scripture for me, Nunzo. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Now watch this. But we have this treasure in. We have this treasure in what? We have this treasure in earth and vessel. So we have a treasure in earth and vessel. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed by every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, not destroyed. Always caring about the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. We have a treasure where? So if you're looking for treasure, where you need to be looking? Within yourself. Somebody say within myself. Which means the problem first principle of Priority is understanding that what you are looking for is not too far from you. Because I have a treasure now in earth and vessel. And I, I need to understand that treasure. But the problem with the treasure, there's a lot of corrosion around it. Yeah, it's called life. It's called the solical arena. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of uh, uh, corrosion. There's a lot of uh, things that cause the coursing of its course. It's, it's hard. There's some hard stuff that needs to be broken so I can really see what the treasure is. Somebody say, I want to see that treasure. And you have to understand in that treasure, the way you can overcome in life is because you have a treasure. 
That's why I say you hard pressed, but you're not overcome. Come on, we, we, we hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed, not in despair. He's saying you're in problems, but you're not, you're not a part of the problem. You're in a lot of issues, but you're not a part of you. You, you look at it as an opportunity. Why? Because I got a treasure. It seems like something that it's not. You know why? Because the dying of the Lord Jesus is in my body. Somebody say, I died already. It's interesting. I want y'all to look at it. He said, you were, you, wait, wait, you, somebody say, I, I. was crucified with Christ. You telling me I've been crucified already? I'm going to help y'all tonight, this morning. One of the things that I'm learning about Christians is we're trying to use an old, we're trying to live out of an Old Testament where we don't understand the new. And I hear, you know, and, and I, I was, I, you know, sometimes I get stuck in this subconsciously and I have to, God had to remind me that son, you've already been crucified because I've already crucified and you carry me. So you, we've already been crucified. So you're not necessarily carrying a cross the way you think you're carrying. The only cross, because I've already carried it. Because you carry me, you carry it. So the cross has already been rendered. So your cross that you carry is the cross that I've already carried. So you've already been crucified. So you don't need to be crucified again. Oh, Lord Jesus. I came. Watch, this is where we got it wrong in the church. Watch this. Let, let me stand on the altar with this. This is where we got it wrong. This is why he came. Because we think we, he came for us to carry the cross again. That's not what the Bible says. He said, I've been crucified with Christ already. Now, this is why I came. I came that you might have life. And watch this. Well, no, we ain't going to stop just life. I don't want you to just have life because life is just one step of it. But I want you to understand that same power that make you get wealth. I want you to have life more uh, abundantly, which means you try to carry a cross and live a hard life for nothing because I already carried it. So you think your struggle is a blessing? No, it might be you still trying to work the curse. And come on, Christians, we like to look struggling. You know, I'm saving, I'm sanctified, and I'm just always going through, and I'm dragging my leg all the time. And God is saying, didn't I carry that leg already? Why don't you pick that leg up and learn how to live above and not beneath? Come on, I'm going to learn to live above and not beneath. I've already been crucified with Christ. He's already finished it. We think we're blessed because we're poor. No. That's a curse. You're supposed to be living above. You're supposed to be living in a life. And that a more abundant life. Are we all right with this this morning? So you have to realize that we got to get the word of God. For we have been crucified. He said, you, I've been, you've been crucified with me. You carry me. Bring that scripture back for me because I'm going to keep reinforcing it. Because I want you to remember it. I have been crucified. Watch this. 
always carrying about. I carry about in my body. The what? So if I carry the dying of the Lord Jesus, I also carry the life of the Lord. So how can you tell me you still carrying something that he's already completed? When you say when he told you to pick up your cross, he's telling you that the cross that you're picking up has already been eradicated. So now you can win, not have to carry what I've already. Y'all catching me. So you're going to carry it, but you're going to carry it in light of what I've already completed. Oh, y'all understand. Y'all getting that. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, which means don't you qualify something that's broken anymore. Don't you qualify living below anymore. Because sometimes your doctrine is what's keeping you stuck. That's why Paul told Timothy, I need you to have great faith. Watch this with the pure conscience, which means your conscience couldn't defile your faith. Uh oh, I'm going to have to teach on that. Huh? It's like you saying be healed, but you're thinking about why they can't. Which means your faith is saying be healed, but your conscious in your subconscious mind is saying, well, maybe. And God calls that like a double-minded man. He said a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways, which means I need to come out of the unstableness of my faith. Somebody say, I want decisive faith. Come on, I want decisive faith. I need to have decisive faith. When I say something, I don't have a plan B in my mind. It's either God or it's done. Come on, when I say something, I'm not going back on my word. When I say it, it's finished. And you need to be like that with your development life. What you mean, when you go, see, if you're depressed, let me show you how to get through. You stay in the room, you said, if God don't come, I'm just going to die. Oh, you're going to get through then. <laughs> see, that's called decisive what? Faith. When God sees that you don't have a plan B to get out. Now, you done grabbed hold of me. Somebody say, I want decisive faith. Come on, I need to come in to learn to have decisive faith. Can you say amen? So you have to understand that you are already caring about the Lord Jesus Christ, the dying and the life. And the life of God, he came, I came that you might have life. I didn't come that you live broken, busted and disgusted. I didn't come for that. Because I already completed it. Because I've already overcome it. So what excuse or justification in your mind that's keeping you below? Somebody says it's gone today. It's gone today. Glory to God. Now, I want you to understand. Now, he's saying you have this treasure in earthen vessel. Now, we're going to dive into some stuff right here. Go to Matthew 6.23. Matthew 6.23. We're still talking about the, uh, establishing divine priorities. Okay? Matthew 6.23.34. Now, watch this. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So he's addressing the eyes. If how you see 
is, is darkness, but you perceive it as light. How great is that darkness? Now watch this. Right after that, this, look, what he, look what he said. And this is how you, can, you, you get in, in darkness. Watch this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the others. You cannot serve God and mammon. I, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor about your body or what you should put on. I'm going to stop right there, actually. You cannot serve God and what? You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, it's interesting. He called mammon a master. God, you highlight, you can highlight anything you want. But you don't put money up there as a master. You made money a master. He said, you cannot serve. You can't what? You cannot serve God and money. So this is what I want you to understand. Now, we just learned that we have a treasure in where? Earthen vessel. Which means the treasure is there. What we don't realize, and you can write this down, you actually serve where you believe the treasure is. I'm going to say that one more time. You actually serve where you believe the treasure is. So it sounds good, Pastor. You say that treasure is in me, but uh, when my bills are... Do. Mm-hmm. I ain't think about that treasure. I just need this. I, watch this. I have a need that needs to be met. Y'all quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm going to help us out. I'm, I, don't go into condemnation. It's just divine correction. We're going to learn. Glory to God. When I have real bills, legitimate bills, legitimate responsibilities, they're legitimate. Somebody say they're legitimate. Come on. It's not illegitimate. Don't tell me I can't live. I, I have to live. I have legitimate responsibilities. So when my legitimate responsibilities come upon me, I need legitimate money. Glory to God. Thank you. <laughs> How many of you need little legitimate money? I, I know I know the church folk used to say, but pray it on that end. Pray that bill on in. I tried that, but that bill ain't come in. I don't, you know, I've been trying to do that thing, but that ain't that ain't work. The problem is, is the context in the pretext that we're living from. You cannot serve, watch this, God and mammon, which means depending on whichever one is your burden is what you're going to serve. Now, I want to touch something here because I want you all to understand the danger, the danger of worry. Now, we went to verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Go, go back to verse 25 for me. Do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat, what you will drink, nor your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, watch this, by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Add what? One cubit to his what he's saying is there's a danger of worry. It makes sense why David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. The root of worry is want. When you have a want, you're going to worry. When your want is not filtered through faith, you're going to worry. When you worry, worry will lead to anxiousness. Worry leads to what? Anxiousness. Anxiousness produces things in you that was not supposed to be produced. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I want you to understand something. There's a danger in your need. There are two types of development in life. Watch this. If you're living from mammon, watch this. Mammon loves need. You know why mammon loves need? Because mammon doesn't need seed to succeed. Y'all hear me this this month. Faith, watch this, is produced through seed. You don't have your own faith. Do we know that? God has given you a portion of, which means your believing is not your even in your own believing. Oh, Lord Jesus. You didn't just come believing. No, God gave you a ability to believe. That's why the Bible says you love me because I loved you first, which means I did it first for you to even do it back to me. Oh, Jesus. So I gave you a particle that you can love me back based on what I gave you. Which means I gave you something and depending on what you're giving me back will show me if you understand what I. Are y'all catching this? So God produces his products is through seed form. I get. And I give. I've already gotten and I'm just giving back to the manifestation of what I've already received. It's called substance. Faith is the substance of things that are and the evidence of things that are not, which mean I have it, although you don't see it. Are y'all y'all learning this morning? Come on, don't don't get preachy on me. Just let learn first. We'll shout later. So faith was produced by a seed. It was given freely. But mammon and need don't need a seed. It's going to succeed on its own will. That's why you go the way of the world. You run the rat race. You run over people. You cheat. You lie. You steal. 
You sign over contracts. You sign where you didn't really do stuff. You overdo. You do what everybody else do to get to where everybody else got to go. And I don't care what side you're on politically, but you see it all today. Everything is just messed up. You know why? Because this. So you got to realize that the world system run on a different program. Cheating, lying, stealing, false reporting, scamming. I'm better than you. I got to lie about you so I can get the promotion. We got a lot of schemy stuff. But when you come into the seed of faith, watch this. It's not about you anymore or what somebody else is doing. I'm going to succeed because of what I carry of that substance. And when I speak it, no matter who you are, you got to move out the way because God is going to make sure that the way is made. Because the way was already made. It wasn't, I'm not just creating the way, the way was already made from the beginning. This is why you got to understand the mind of God. God, watch this. God has already finished it. He's not figuring out your life. Say, say that with me. God is not figuring out my life. He's not figuring it out. He knows it. I have to just align with what he's already done. Can you say amen? All right. So we got to understand that worry can be a danger. Because worrying uh, proves that there is a need that is unfulfilled. It proves there's a what? Which means need is very dangerous when it's unfiltered. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What he's saying is I'm already sufficiently fulfilled by the word of God. And the more I know about God, the more I already know it's already done. I don't have a need. What did I tell you? You have how many things in you? All things. Because you have the spirit of God. This is why we really don't understand prayer. We think we're praying to get new information. You're actually praying to get what you already have. Isn't that something? Lord, that's, you know, that's good, Pastor. But we, watch this. You, I'm going to shock some of us. Y'all ready? Some of my scholars in here, y'all ready? Watch this. We've learned this wrong. Watch this. You don't even pray to get faith. You pray from faith. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me pray to get. No, 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 no. Because you have a portion already. You have God. You don't pray to get faith. You pray from faith. So the reality of it is when you awaken to what you already have, faith is awakened. You already had it. But you, when you allow your mind to agree with what God has already done. Then your capacity opens, and he says, hey, well, now you see what I've already done. This is why God takes your thoughts very seriously. Nothing is not created without a thought. You know, the Old Testament was actually a little better when it comes to thought. Because you actually had to do the sin for God to mess you up. Now he said, if you just look at it wrong, you did it. God, you, you're taking this too serious. No, it? if I just look at it and think about it, I already entered into it. 
But thank God for Jesus. Come on. I'm saying that to say God takes your thoughts very serious. You know why? Because thoughts create. In the mind of God, in the beginning, God created. And be what? Based on what he thought. He's. Oh, come on, people of God. Which means God wants you to have a transformed mind so you can use your words right to see right. When you see right, you can learn to experience. Be right. If your eye, what did we just read? If your eye is dark and you think it's light, not knowing that you was really rooted in mammon because of your need. So you're not really submitted like you think you are. You do the church thing. Come on, you know. Y'all know we like to do our church thing. I went to church this week. I'm good. Let's check this off the list. <laughs> You know, I see you Sunday. I see you then. We'll, we'll, we'll work out all that Sunday. During the week, leave me alone. I got my own life going. You know why we do that? Because we don't realize that there are real tests that you have to pass to come into those greater levels of sight. Because in school, uh, watch this, watch this. In school, you made sure you was at every class. You made sure you was at every tutor in class. You know why? Because you realized there was a test coming. And if I'm not prepared for the test, I've got to redo the test. And we don't realize in the things of God, you heard me Sunday, and I tell you to go study Monday and Tuesday. Because when the test comes, if you can't pass it, I'll see you again. Come on, I don't want you to be here stuck for five years. I want you to learn how to get home and tell some devils that I'm going to overcome this week. Come on, I'm going to overcome this. I'm not going to stay here stagnant. Study to show yourself approved. Somebody says one book. But the reality of it is it's not the book that saved you. It's the person. The book just points to the person. Which means if you get acquainted with the book, it might point you to the person of who he really is. Come on, the letter killed, but the spirit is what gives it life. Don't let nobody wear you out with the Bible. Uh -uh. Well, the Lord said, but he didn't say it like that. So you are you wrong. Come on, somebody got to help people with their tongue. Uh, he didn't say it like that. You mm. glory to God. How many of y'all getting something out of this? Which of you worrying can add one cubit to his stature, which means you can't add anything to the stature of God. You're not going to add. So worry might be an opportunity to submit to God. All right, let, let's prove it. Glory to God. Ah. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me do this real quick. I want to talk a little bit more about Mammon, because I want you to understand Mammon. Mammon is, Mammon is, he called it a master, okay? Y'all all right with this? I don't think we understand how strong Mammon is and how much of our soul is committed to it. Okay? Mammon promises to feed the need. Unsubmitted to the spirit. This is what the church don't realize. Watch this. We think that because a person, uh, 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 we think that a person just won't succeed if something, but you can go just use the principles and succeed. 
How many of y'all heard the story of the rich young ruler? He said, Jesus, I did everything the church told me to do. I followed every principle. That's why he called the rich young ruler, which means you can just follow the principles and get rich. Uh oh. Some of y'all are like, oh, I got my message today. I'm out of here. I'll, I'll check with you later, Pastor. I know what I came for. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Glory to God. I know you're here for more than that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you, you have to understand, you can access some stuff outside of communion with God. But God knows where you're really seated because he's looking at your, not commitment, I'm looking for a certain word. He's looking for, uh, to see what is your real desire behind what you're doing. Somebody find that word, to think about your intention. God is wanting to know what is your intention behind your wealth? What is your intention for this business? What is your intention to be rich? Somebody say intentions. Because without your intention being pure and defined, God might not be backing it. Are y'all hearing me? So with all things, I have to check my intention to make sure I'm aligned with God's heart. It doesn't mean I can't be blessed in what I'm trying to do. But my intention must be pure about what I understand he's trying to do. Because mammon don't need intention. It only has self-will. I want my boat, and you better not get in my way, and I'm going to move you over. That's why mammon is very dangerous, because you'll run people over to get what you want. You can have blood on your hands. You don't care, because you, you got to make it work. And most people don't realize their fight for life. They don't realize they're fighting for mammon, not faith, because faith works through love. And so if it was real faith, the, the Bible says you, you have a certain way of trying to get there rather than the way you're using. This is why we have to be careful of, of being defiled from our past, because sometimes we had learned to fight people so long. And when we finally get a little room, we we feel like we got to keep fighting like that. So if I have a vision or I have a thought and somebody may be trying to give me wisdom, I might perceive that as them being against me. So I fight everything to make sure nobody take me down again. And I don't realize I still haven't produced the right faith that I be secure in God's love and really walk purely. And no matter who you are, if it's not aligned with God, I'll stop that. But if it is, I'll hear the wisdom from it. Are y'all hearing me? That's why you got to be careful of zeal telling you to knock down your enemies and all that stuff. What if you were called to your enemy? Oh, yeah, we sow seeds on that. They, they, they preach, tell you, hey, your enemy will never come at you again. You tell that witch to go down to hell and all that stuff. And now you get on the phone and the, the hell with you and all that stuff. And God is sitting there like, what in the world? Didn't that sound good? Y'all see how you, you see how you got it? It sounded, y'all was like, hey, hey, Pastor. Pastor, got you Get that witch out of there, Pastor. So y'all ready to sow a seed. That's why you got to be careful with zeal. You're not listening for the mind of the heart of God. Come on, I'll preach you under this bitch, but it can be wrong stuff. 
And boy, people get excited. They heart bitter. Yeah, he was after me for a long time. <laughs> and it's rooted in bitterness. So now you have more anger and, and you ready to kick everybody out. And there's nothing wrong with there's <laughs> nothing wrong with kicking people out, but you got to do it from the mind of the Spirit of God. Are y'all catching me? Come on, that's all right. Just repent on that seed that you sowed. That that enemy got to get out your face, Lord Jesus. Oh, help me, Lord. You might have been trying to save that enemy. All right, we're gonna do the mastering communication again, Lord Jesus. Come on, that means y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Glory to God. You're like, yeah, Pastor, I was one of them screaming. I ran the first one to the altar, Lord. So we have to be careful. Because everybody came to God in a need form. I'm going to say that again. Watch this. You have to be careful because we all came to God with a need. That's how you know he's faithful. He met that. But God never wanted you to stay in need form. He wanted to train you up in the maturation process to learn seed form. This is why Israel had a problem. They got stuck with the need form and never came into. Oh, we're loving it. That's why they never could get out of their past. That's why when they follow Moses, they just wanted their hand out. But when they came to come into seed form, they're like, no, God, I ain't trying to do all that. You keep just producing for me out of my need, which means God is not always trying. Watch this. God is not always trying to give a miracle or a wonder. He said, it's good for you if you believe without seeing. But we think the manifestation of every miracle. No, no, no. He's trying to prove to you that he is before you see it. Somebody say seed form, which means God is trying to help you to learn to look within and from within, you can live without. Are y'all catching this? Don't get caught up with what he provided with. Because the provision might have been a provoker to go deeper with him. But if I get stuck with the provision, watch this, and not turn that provision into thankfulness to a deeper relationship, what I will do is stay at the provision form, watch this, and now I forget what the Lord did, and I'm always looking for a handout. Oh, Jesus. And we don't realize that our commitment to God comes out of, uh, it comes out of, how many of y'all remember when we talked about uh, the submission, the different type of submissions, obedience? It comes out of conv conventional obedience. I only obey when God meet it. But if God don't meet it, this is what happened to Israel again. Moses took too long. God been providing for you when you didn't have to do nothing. Not a lift a finger. And you couldn't wait till I come down the mountain. You know why? They were stuck on their handout. Are y'all catching this? So God, it's not that he don't want to give to you. Remember, he's trying to give to you. But he don't want you to forget. We just read the first scripture. 
that your heart become proud and forget him when you enter the land because I, I prepared the land for you. But if you forget, watch this, you're going to come into a need again and start doing stuff that I never told you to do. Glory to God. Are y'all getting this? I'm not trying to keep you away from stuff. I'm actually trying to bring you into stuff. But you keep giving me language as if I'm not the God. Somebody say seed form. All right, let me, let me, let me close this here. So you have to have a revelation of what God is trying to get us to understand. Amen? Now watch this. Watch this. James 1.25. Let, let, let me get here. James 1.25. James 1.25. How many of you are learning something here? Amen. Now watch this. My brother encountered all joy when you fall in various trials, knowing that the testing of your what? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Now, that's interesting. He said, count it all joy when you fall in trials. Oh, I didn't come to hear that. Count it all joy when you fall into what? Trials. Which means God don't perceive trials as you perceive them. See, we tend to think that God is in a trial because I'm in a trial. So we pray towards God as God come out of the trial so we can come out of the trial. But God not in a trial. Count it all joy when we fall into trials. Watch this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and what? Complete. Lacking. Lacking. That you may be perfect and complete. What he's saying here, let me break this down real quick. I don't have to, but I want to help you understand this scripture. What he's saying is if you can hold faith at the end of that, you'll realize what was you thought was an issue was really not an issue. It was actually my opportunity to grow. That's why I say patience will help you do that if you can hold faith long enough. Because at the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul is going to reveal what it really was. It's interesting. The Bible says in the last days when it's all is done, we're going to look at the devil and say, was this the one that's been lying to us? This little guy? That's what your Bible says. We're going to look at him like, was this the one? I've been stuck in all the problems for this? All right, let me get back to the scripture. Count it all joy when you fall. Why? At the end of your faith, when you can hold the trial long enough, you're going to realize it wasn't really a trial. It was something that you thought was, but I've already overcame. Are y'all catching this? Now watch this. If but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking what? Nothing, which means we shouldn't be lacking. If any of you lacks wisdom, now he said if you're lacking anything, then he transfer, uh, transfers on to if you lack anything, if anyone lacks wisdom, which means your lack is the lack of wisdom. Somebody say my lack is the lack of wisdom. Which means you can be logically knowledgeable, but if you don't have wisdom, you don't know what to do with it. That's why we have smoking doctors. Now, if you're a doctor in here, that's all right. And you smoke, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, 
God's grace is sufficient. But you have knowledge, but you don't have. Which means knowledge can still puff up and kill you. But wisdom shows you the how. See, many of us have a lot of knowledge, but you don't know the how. Glory to God. Are y'all catching this? Now, come on, this, this is going to help you. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Why you got to ask God? Because God gives wisdom. Oh, so only God gives what? So you can gain knowledge by yourself, but you can't get wisdom by yourself. Ah, You can gain knowledge by yourself. You cannot gain wisdom by yourself. Wisdom comes from God. Say that with me. Wisdom comes from God. And because you have the mind of God, this is why you should never be afraid of anybody's knowledge. Because you have wisdom. Well, you know, I don't have that degree. It doesn't matter. You've got all things in you because you have the mind of God. Well, you know, they've been. The don't make me take my bed off and whip you. Somebody say, I have the mind of God. Glory to God. Now, watch this. Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without what? Reproach. And it will be given to him, which means all you have to do is ask for it. And I'll give it to you. Now, I don't have this scripture over there, but I'm going to just say it real quick. The Bible says you argue and fight because you do not have. And you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, now he just told you to ask if you need wisdom, right? But now he's saying when you ask, you don't have because you ask amiss that you can spit in on your own pleasures. Which means God knows when you come in asking for him. What's the intent? What your intentions are. Are y'all catching me? So if anyone lacks, lacks wisdom. Somebody say lacking wisdom. Now go to Proverbs 9.10 real quick. I hope y'all writing these scriptures down. We need to study them. Proverbs 9.10. Watch this. The fear of the Lord is the what? The fear of the Lord is to be which means you will never begin wisdom without the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm going to break this down with the last 15 minutes I have. And knowledge of the Holy One is what? It's understanding. Now, I just told you you can have knowledge, but you need wisdom to deal with that understanding. To bring it all in totality of understanding. Are you getting? With all thy getting, get what? Understanding. So God wants you to have wisdom and understanding. But he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of it. The problem with mammon, watch this. Mammon uses fear to produce out of you what you want. Let me serve it this way. You actually serve what you fear. Let me, I, I, it's going to catch. I'm a, it's going it's gonna, to, I'm going to sit there just a little bit. Let it sizzle. You actually serve what you fear. You say, what are you talking about? I serve what I fear. You have a fear of not paying your bill, so you serve it. You have a fear of not having, so you serve money. 
You have a fear of not having a job, so you, you serve it. You have a fear of not having enough, so you serve three jobs. You actually serve what you fear. So I want you to understand something about fear. Because the Bible says fear involves torment. Which means fear knows that because your need don't know how to meet God, you're going to serve me. That's why Jesus said, how many of y'all grasping this? That's why Jesus said you cannot serve two masters. What did he mean by that? If you fear not having, you're going to serve it. If you fear, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm not going to be like this. I'm not going to be like that. How many of you know that's not healthy production? That's actually serving fear for what you did not have. And we love to throw church on it, throw scriptures on it, throw all the kind of justification on it. But a real man of God would discern and know if you're really where you're supposed to be. You know, I went to a graduation about five months ago. And this was a friend of ours that, that, that been through Bible school, this, this, this. And she's doing some stuff and she had a graduation party for her new job. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting in the room and I'm sitting there discerning like there's something wrong. Now, everybody excited, everybody's celebrating her. But I'm, my spirit, something is wrong. And when I had my time to talk to her, the spirit of the Lord came upon me and I said, you are not doing what God told you to do. Now, you have to be skilled to go in these arenas. You have to know what you're doing. As soon as I broke some things down to her, tears begin to, she began to cry. Because she knew Although everybody's praising that cannot discern the will of God because we're in our own mammon formation. When you are submitted to God, you know when, hey, you're not doing what you, you know you're supposed to be doing. But you can only perceive if you're on team God. Because you're not going to help us being out of alignment in what you feel that you need. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So God is trying to wake us up and say, I don't want you to live in need form because if you live in need form, you'll never come into seed form. And what you're producing is not faith, but you're going to conjure up something to get something and put faith on top of it and never meet what you were supposed to fulfill. Tell your need to, to leave you alone. I'm going to wait on God. Somebody say, I'm going to wait on God. Come on. Don't, don't, you don't have to be in need. It don't, God, God will provide all the needs. We're going to get there. But, but, but you got, no, 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 but don't go religious on me. Because we've been hearing that for years. God going to no, but I still don't have it. No, no, no. no I'm not, don't, let's understand what he means. He's saying if you get the substance of the need in you, by default, you'll produce it. Don't just say it. God shall No, 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 no. Don't just say it. Learn what God is saying. I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory, which means when you learn to produce faith of what's already done, you have the mind and the mentality to say what you need and it's done.
Can I help y'all out with something? This might shock your mind. You ready? I don't remember the, the time I prayed for the house. I don't remember a time I prayed for a car. It's been a years. But do we have? And moving forward. I don't remember because I've learned a principle. If I can get to the Father, it's interesting. God asked Job, what do you want? And he said, give me wisdom. He said, I ain't going to just give you wisdom. I'm going to give you more than wisdom. I'm going to bless you with more than just wisdom. Because your intent is pure. Whatever you had in your mind as a need, because I know what you need. He just told you, do not work. Don't what? Worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Go ahead and put it back up there because y'all sitting there like this. How are you going to get it? Why? Because if you start worrying about that, you stop coming in worry of what I'm supposed to be doing. In you. And mine is not worry. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. So I don't want you worrying about worldly stuff because you're going to try to add me on to what you're doing rather than living from me from the get-go. And most of our problem, we're trying to bring God with us on our way rather than going in his way and everything follows. Come on, somebody. God is trying to get you into alignment and come out of your need. Because when you come out of need, what you don't know is God has to answer your seed. It was promised. So there are times I just smile. Because I know I just hold faith and it's done. I tell my wife all the time, I'm just, I, I'm just shocked. I don't know what to say. God blow our mind. That's it. You know, how, how you do it? I don't know. Just do what he tells you to do. I, I really don't. If you obey him, as I'm doing what he called me to do, all things follow. Somebody say it's going to follow you. It's going to follow you. Come on, say it's going to follow you. How many of you are excited and learned that extension principle this week? Come on. How do you understand? And that's one thing why it follows you. In, that, in the marriage uh, makeover this week, how many of y'all really understood that? Yeah, you got to hold that line. Glory to God. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which means you will serve what you fear. Because what God is saying, he's not saying, watch this necessarily fear me like with uh, uh, some kind of uh, um, some kind of torment fear. What he's saying is fear me in the reverence. Because the same way, watch this, you are so afraid of losing your bill. What if you are afraid of losing me? Oh, now you know why you need to keep the mind of God. Yeah, because see, see, God is secondary to our bill. We jump up to go to work because at the end of your working, you see the salvation of your bill. But if you come into the faith and at the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls, you will prosper even as your. So the problem was not your need. The problem was your seed that was dealing with your soul. 
Glory to God. Somebody lift your hands right now and say, I'm going to learn how to walk in with seed. I got, I'm going to learn how to use my seed. Come on. I got to learn how to build my soul. You shall prosper even as your soul prosper. Why? Because you're going to learn how to speak that thing into existence. And stop asking me what you already yours. There's a faith that he says, now whatever you say, it shall be so. How many of y'all want to come into that whatever I say? Come on, whatever I say. But for you to come in that, you got to come into the anoma of God. That's the Greek word for faith. That means, un, it means faith without movable, unmovable faith. That's the highest level of faith. Which means when you say it, you don't have no other doubt. It's like saying if I have a car in a garage, it's, to you it's not there. But if I say it in that level of faith, it's there. And the, you got to understand there's an instruction to there. This is the part I'm going to add on because I think we need it. Y'all ready? There's always an instruction in faith. I went through Bible school and one of the biggest things I, I would I wish they understood is when God says something, sometimes he gives instruction. It's not always done deal diddly. If that was the case, Joshua could have just told the walls to fall. But God said, you're going to walk around in, somebody say instruction. So I got to stay close to the spirit to hear the instruction to get the result of what faith said it, it can be. So most of us are still trying to gravitate faith because somebody did that. Oh, this mine, so I'm going to walk around four times. Who told you to do that? Did faith tell you to do that or are you just doing that? And then we get manipulated by what didn't work because we think we're still trying to work God out. Rather than understanding how to just stay close to him long enough that he's going to walk, lead, and guide you into all truth. So sometimes your miracle as it is in the instruction. Do this. You want that off of you? you you're going to fast for three weeks. See, God is always able, but we're not willing all the time. So we need 10 prayer warriors because we're not willing. And God already gave the instruction. But we think it's just now faith. No, you didn't reach that level yet. God wants to give instruction sometimes. Somebody say instruction. That's why you got to keep an ear open because sometimes he might tell you to do this first and do that first and prepare that and do that. And then you're going to see what was said. So sometimes our miracle is at the mercy of the instruction. You might need to write that down. Your miracle might be at the mercy of the instruction. It's not that faith didn't do it. It's already done, but there's an instruction to it. But most of us can't hold the mind of God long enough to get that instruction. Can you say amen? All right, I got 10 minutes left. How many of y'all learning? I know, I'm always overpacking your, your boat. Can y'all handle two more? Glory to God. We can handle two more? All right, here we go. Let's go, let's go. How many understand the, the revelation of the fear of the Lord? 
<sighs> Never allow yourself to move from off fear. Never allow yourself to move off fear. Because the opportunities that present themselves are waiting for fear to be initiated. If you do this, then you can have this. If you do this, you can have this. Which means the shortcut to what you're trying to get, I have it. Somebody say shortcuts. The danger of shortcuts, watch this, is that your soul is still lacking. The danger of shortcuts is that what? Your soul is lacking. So God is not trying to keep your soul where you're not commensurate in your blessing. Least from the first scripture, your heart is puffed up when I put you in the blessing. Because your soul couldn't handle the 500,000 uh, uh, square foot house. Because now you start working beyond the ability of what I told you to do. Because you think you got to keep up with it. Also, oh, now you think you got to keep up with it when I brought you in it. Now you're doing it the way you want to do it to pay the bill. Uh-oh, all right. Are y'all hearing me? I got to keep up with this. Why you got to keep up with it? Did you pay for it? He paid for it. Well, you say it was my money. See, you're missing it again. Glory to God. God is trying to get something to you, people of God. But you cannot serve mammon, which means I need to align myself with the will of God, the work of God, and learn to come into seed form and sow faith. Somebody say sow faith. When you gain faith, you sow it. It's called substance. Faith is the faith is the substance is real stuff. Why do we talk faith and, and as if there's no substance attached to it? Can I help us out? If you're praying to get to something, watch this. You haven't entered into faith, that level of faith yet. For example, for years we hear people in church, and maybe we did too. Keep your hand down. We all learning. You say, I have faith, so I'm praying for this sinner. I'm praying for this sinner. I'm praying. The reality of it is, if faith came, you're not praying for it anymore. You're walking in the instruction. What did I say? You pray from faith. You're not praying for faith. All right, we're going to have to open a whole other page of lesson. You, when you have faith, you have the knower. That's why the Bible tells you to pray in the spirit. Because when you're in the spirit, now you're asking of God. You don't ask where you don't have faith. So when I enter into the alignment with God because of faith, now I begin to ask of God and it shall be done. Come boldly to the throne room of Grace, come boldly to the throne room of what? Why he say come boldly? Say that again. Because you have faith. <laughs> Glory to God. 
You enter into the realm of faith. And in that realm, you start declaring. Some of us are trying to declare where faith hasn't been in, engaged. Which means you're still in fear and you're declaring. I declare it's done. I declare, you, listen to me. There's nothing wrong with that, but it can't be done. Because you're not in agreement with God. Ah, does that make sense a little bit more? Which means I haven't come into repentance until I'm in agreement with God. Which means real faith, for me to pray from faith, I have to be in agreement with. So I have to, that's why, you know, this conversation about how long it takes in prayer, get rid of it. Because sometimes it might take minutes, but sometimes it might take two hours. It's dependent on your faith. <laughs> Which means sometime I'm in the flesh and I'm not, this flesh is not breaking. So I tell hey, y'all give me about a little time because I'm still not broken through in my mind. I'm still thinking, I, I still have wants. I still have needs that I haven't agreed with God yet. Oh, let me help your, your, your study life too. So you're not breaking through with your regular prayer? Watch this. Faith come by what? Oh, come on, we're going to do some Bible studies after this. We're going to learn this. Faith come by what? And hearing by the? All right. So you cannot pray a faith that you don't have. Oh, I'm going to say that again. I know it's a little deep, but we're going to get it. You cannot pray a faith that you do not have, which means you only pray to your level of faith. So the problem with our study life is we study, and the reason why we forget it is because we're, it didn't provoke faith. We read it, and we get it knowledgeably. But Jesus said they read the scriptures thinking it's going to give them eternal life. But that wasn't the eternal life. It points to the person who is in you of faith. So when you read the scripture, if faith is not happening, guess what? Read it. And it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. God, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. And what that does is start to melt your heart because the treasure is in earth. And so what you're really doing is digging deep inside of you of what's already in you. And now your heart to, be, to begin to believe the word that's in you. And now faith starts to expand and now your heart becomes broken and you allow God to touch it. And now tears become down your face. And now you start believing what you didn't believe in the flesh. And now you start to arise and have the capacity to believe for the house that you were trying to have in the flesh. Somebody say, now faith is. Come on, say, now faith is, which means you got to tap into greater levels of faith. But it's already in you. The problem is you are not in tune with your heart. You're not in tune with the realm of the spirit. You're not in tune with the substance of God. Are you trying to keep the mind of God on your day to day walk? Just in case God dropped the spirit, dropped something in you, turn left and you still going right because you running after mammon. Oh, we tell God, be quiet all the time. Because we're still in self-autonomy. We tell him when we're going to serve. We tell him how we're going to serve. We tell him what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, what church we're going to go to, how we're going to do it. We, we, we do everything we want to do. But when the spirit of God is trying to meet you where you need to go. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Stand to your feet if you can. The fear of the Lord, which means, let, let me help you understand fear. Let me help you understand fear. It should be scary to not walk with the mind of God. It should be very scary to be in the natural form of mind. You know why? Because there's so much anxiousness in normalities. What I call the commonality of carnality. It, 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 it's scary to me when, when I, you know, when I haven't really awakened myself. Or, you know, I don't call it go and get faith. I call it when I'm not really engaged with the mind. I don't have the awareness of my father. You know why you need to pray every day? Because you have receptors. Can I help you out with something? You have receptors. And you live in a world that's not conformed to God's principles. And so every day you're seeing and hearing and those receptors are receiving. So you walk. This is why you need to start your day with God. So you walk out with 150%. Come on, 100% was just for my family, but the other 50 for them. For them jokers out here. But as you're walking through and seeing so much, the percentage starts to go down. This is why the Bible tells you to pray always in the spirit. So you can keep your percentage up. That way you keep the reality of faith when you say it. We need to understand. Why am I preaching this? God said, son, deal with why we are so comfortable in the flesh. Why is my people so comfortable in carnality? And we excuse ourselves. We, we, we settle in the comfort of carnality. And God is saying, if you really understood the way, the truth, the life, I'm trying to add to you. I'm trying to add to your family. You don't have to fight your own wars, people of God. I am your protector, but every time you keep taking the, 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 the sword out of my hand to put it in your hand, I've got to back up because you're your own God. I cannot take the ground that you keep taking for yourself. If you want to defend yourself, i got to throw my hands up because guess what? I'm a jealous God. If you want to be your God, be it. You know, one of the hardest truths that we all going to see in the last days is God never brought nobody to hell. We brought ourselves. Oh, it's, it's going away. Because this is why. Everything God is, is love. And when you see that we really chose that way, that is heart-wrenching. That's how much love God is. He said, watch this. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No trial, no principalities, no powers can separate you from the... So why you keep saying God left you? Who's really leaving? We leave because of we get manipulated what our need is. Y'all catching it? I started to believe the lie of where my need lies. And if we can get what David was saying, 
The Lord is my, I shall not want. Which means if there's a want, God, if there's something of need, watch this. I am going to pray. And I'm going to learn who I am more and more in you. And watch this. I know you will make a way because you are for me. How many of you need a way made? Come on, honestly, how many you need a way made? All right. So you're going to pray that I know you have a way. You know why he has a way? He, he has to have a way. Yes. Ah. <laughs> if you're falling, God always make a way of escape, which means I need to escape this trouble. Which means he is the way. God, help me to interpret the way. I have the way, but help me interpret it. Let me not get so caught up running after my own desires rooted from the cares of my wants. Can I help us out with something? I think when we heard that in church, we think we can't want anything. That's not what I said. And this is why we feel like we got to battle with the world and the church. Because when you go in the world, boy, you, you, you're a bad woman. You're a bad man. Well, you got thoughts, plans, all kind of stuff. Strategy, all kind of stuff. You come to God, you, I'll see you at church. So you don't know how to live functionally in God. Because we think God don't, he don't care about that stuff. That's what we'll be hearing in the church. It's a lie. How in the world are you going to engage a world if you don't have anything? See, we just forgot the scripture. I came that you might have, and that of life more of, why? Because I need to play my card so the world know I'm God. I'm going to restore all things back to myself. And because I live in you, it better come to your hands. Because the seat that the Christian don't take, the world does. Oh, see, we like the world. Is the world. No, no, the world is the problem with the world is the church. The problem with the school system is the church. The problem with the politics is the church. We are the problem. And we are the solution. No offense, but you can march all you want, but you don't realize you're the one that they, they're waiting for. Where's the curriculum? Why do you want them to create it when they don't have the, they don't have wisdom in navigating it so it can glorify God? Some of you, God is trying to give you articulation and license and language for systems but you've been indoctrinated with religious dogma and you don't know how to translate what you have for the world when God said you're gonna go into all the world and make disciples of all nations of all tongues tell somebody I'm gonna uh, disciple my arena come on say I'm gonna disciple my arena come on I got to learn how to disciple my arena I, I, I got to learn how to have the language. I got to learn how to have license. I got to have to learn how to have the character, the conduct, the communication to be the, come on, I want to be the discipler. I want them to follow. When you're in leadership, the Bible says they're going to be happy. You know why? Because you have justice and judgment that are, it's governed by God. 
No more we can live below our means. We can live below the totem pole. Come out of the environments that's not building you up. Come out of it. Pray. Look at new stuff. Expand your mind. Break the spirit of poverty off of you. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, how many of you know God didn't want you to live like that? See, some of y'all don't get mad at me. Come on, he don't want you to live like that. Come on, learn the principles that govern overflow. How many of you are tired of being depressed? Come on, God don't want you to be like that. Learn the principles of freedom. Come on, learn what you're carrying. Hey, come on, I have been crucified with God. It's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. The hope of glory. Which means when you know that Christ is your life, watch this, you don't mind dying to self. You know, you, when you master learning death, you can master life. Can I tell you how to get free fast? How many of y'all want to know how to get free fast? When you're backed up in a corner, guess what? You know what the corner is? It's really just trying to find what you keep hanging on to. And you got all these things that you hang on to. You're like, I got something left. And God like, nope, I'm going to take that out of your hand too. And, and, and you, you're finding things in your soul. I, I, I need something to keep my equilibrium and where I was. And God is saying, listen, if you can come to the point where you have nothing left and say, I'll just die here and let God rise me, raise me. This is why Paul said, I'd rather boast in my weakness, my infirmities, that the grace of God be awakened in me. Because where I'm weak, he is, which means until you come into weakness, you'll never come into strength. Ah, I'm going to give you that again. Most of you are allowing your weakness to drive you to follow mammon. You don't know it's mammon. But the principle of mammon is for need. This is why most of us think a paycheck right now, if we had a paycheck, our life would change. It's a lie. It, I promise you it's a lie. If I only had 50,000, 100,000, if I had a million, it's a lie. You actually will accelerate what you already are in your soul. That's why he said, I will prosper you even as your soul prospers. Because he, he equates solical development with commensurate to your prosperity. Why? Because when your soul is right, watch this. You know that I did it where your money is right. You never go beyond what I did. But as soon as you think it's about money, you're always going to rise above what I'm telling you to do. So you don't hear me anymore. Your family is breaking, but you're making money. Your marriage is breaking, but you're making money. You're doing all this stuff and you have nothing eternal to pass on because you're making money. Because you're serving mammon, not me. But when you serve me, watch this. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be what? added which means your soul and your money will be commensurate and your family will be saved you have something eternally to pass on glory to god 
be eternally equipped. You know, sometimes my son asks me questions, and it shocks me how they think. How many of you know your children shock you? Because sometimes we see the expression of God in them, and they just come by default because you hold the pattern of God. It's not that we know everything. We, we learn too. Amen. Come on, trying to figure out these patterns it, it, sometimes. It, it, it's challenging. But he said, Dad, what does grace really mean? I said, that's a deep question. And he the type, he'll, deep, he'll think deeply. And I broke it down. And he walked out happy. He said, man, that, he, he, that's good. I'm saying that to say when you learn to prove God to people, Watch this. You don't have to force them to serve God. They want God. I'm going to say that again. When you learn to be the influence of what God really is, you don't have to force God on people. You become the influence and the light that people run to because you have fruit. That's why God said you will know them by the fruit that they bear, which means don't tell me you got something without the fruit. And if you don't have the fruit, just learn what you need to get to get to the fruit. But I declare today that we are going to learn how to come in divine wisdom. Somebody say divine wisdom. Come on, how many of you want divine wisdom? Come on, you've been learning a lot of stuff, but it's time to put wisdom on that thing. Come on, I've been getting a lot of information, but it's time to put wisdom. Come on, I've been listening to my YouTube messages, all this stuff. But if you get wisdom, what if you go pray first before you listen? What if you go pray before you enter that meeting? God start calculating your mind. Tell him this. Tell him this. Tell him. I say, who is this woman? Why you? What department you in? We're gonna have to upgrade you. You 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 sound like a manager. You sound like you need to to, to be beyond where you are. Somebody say divine acceleration. Come on, divine acceleration. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that we will be awakened by your love and your grace. We conform our minds to you and obey obedience to your word. Father, I pray right now that you awaken your people. Father, like Paul said, all that I may know you in the power of your resurrection and in the fellowship of your suffering. Why? Because the more I see what you've already accomplished, I know I can live in the finished work. Somebody say, I'm going to live in the finished work. Come on, say, I'm going to live in the finished work. Which means everything in me, I don't care if I got to cry, fight for it, I'm going to live in the finished work. Come on, I'm not going to let nothing stop me from my next level. And my next level is knowing God on that next dimension. So, Father, I pray that we are awakened this morning, that we are proved this morning, that we know it's the goodness of our God that leads us to repentance. And we know that you came not only that we live in struggle, but we're going to live because you came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Somebody say abundant life. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we cast off the restraints of the world. Off of our minds, off of our will, off of our intent, God. Right now, we cast it off. 
all worry, all strife, all wonder. We take it out right now. And we submit to your word right now. We thank you right now. Repeat after me, Father God. Today, I submit my will. Forgive me for sins known and unknown. Today, I believe that you died. That I might have life and that more abundantly. I arise because of your grace. Not my mistakes. Not my failures. Not my past. But today, I stand and know that you are God. You are God. My father, my source, my friend, my love, in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a hand clap right now. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to leave you with a homework assignment. How many of you feel that provoking of the heart? When I feel that, let me tell you what you're going to do with that. At least the moment leaves. Watch this. You're going to find your place in your house and make an altar room. Somebody say an altar room. You always want, every house you get, find the place of an altar. I don't care if it's your closet. I don't care if it's your room. I don't care if it's, where you, I don't care if it's a bathroom. Find a place where you can secretly meet God. This is why the Bible says uh, uh, he is our hiding place. He that dwells in the of the most shall abide under the of the most high. I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my strength, my God whom I trust. Watch this. I will not be afraid. Come on, somebody. I will not be afraid, which means if I come become afraid, I need to come to my secret place. Because he said, watch this, this is what I'm talking about. Why am I saying I'm afraid and I'm rich in God? And he said I shouldn't be if I'm in my secret. Which means if you're going to dwell there, you know Big Daddy is behind you. You walk, you walk with the government with you. There is no fear. No devil can do anything to you. How many of y'all know the devil is not the problem? I must say that again. The devil is really not the problem. Because God has already overcame the devil. The problem is my knowledge of the overcomer. Which means the devil is only as a problem that I don't understand the overcomer. Come on, give God a hand clap. Glory to God. How many of you are blessed by this this morning? How many are going to learn to live in that life more abundantly? Come on, build your prayer life. Build your spirit, man. Get yourself to prepare for where you're going. Don't, don't stay stagnant and stuck where you've been. Allow God to push you forward. Amen? Glory to God. We're going to, at this moment, prepare to receive our tithes and offering. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give our precious children a hand. Come on, give God a hand. You know, I'm not ashamed to say we're, we're actually looking for a bigger building. So be, everybody be in prayer for that. Amen. How many know you're growing the sanctuary? You're growing kids. Come on. We got about three, four kids a, a, a piece. So, you know, we need as much as big as the sanctuary. We need a bigger children's church. Glory to God. 
But we love our children. Amen. Come on. They're the next generation. Glory to God. Precious children. Amen.